You're listening to Vince Tracy and Eric Malpas talking football. So, a very good day, everybody. Um, let's see, is it already the 24th of August? Goodness gracious me, yes, it is. Um, the heat has been manageable this last couple of days. It's not been cool by any means, but it's manageable. And um, that means that, of course, uh, life is a lot more pleasant. Let me go down to Albia and find out how Eric is and whether or not it's manageable down there. Eric, a very good day. Welcome to you. And how's your weather? Oh, good morning, Vince. And the weather is similar to what you just said about it's nice, a lot cooler, and uh, it's on really. Once you get that breeze blowing, it, well, we get a lucky breeze down here, and I love it because uh, you just turn a corner and it hits you. It's really good, I must admit. So, but overall, weather has been, like you say, a few last few days have been nice and cool, a lot cooler. Definitely warm, but definitely cooler. Great. Okay, well, look, uh, we've got lots of things that we can talk about today. It's been another good uh, week of football. And uh, I watched in particular the game between Chelsea and Arsenal and just give me the job. This is um, an Arsenal really good player of the past, Sol Campbell, offering to fix Arteta's problems. And I'm just reading from the website and it's telling me that he's called on the Gunners to just give me the job. And uh, Saturday's 2-0 home defeat to Chelsea meant Arsenal opened a league season with two losses and no goals scored in two matches for the first time in their history. It's also marked the first occasion they've ended the day in the relegation zone after more than one game of a season had been played since back in August 1992. Arteta has lost 20 of his 60 league games in charge, as many as Arsene Wenger endured in 116 Premier League matches at the helm. Pressure, of course, beginning to mount on the former Manchester City assistant, who, of course, you will know a lot about and we'll discuss in a second. The uh, Arsenal team now face West Brom in an EFL Cup match on Wednesday uh, before taking on the champions Manchester City in the top flight on Saturday. Then, of course, we've got the international break uh, and further poor results will leave Arteta in a worrying position given he has overseen a, a reported net spend of over £130 million in the transfer window. Now, of um, Sol Campbell, twice a Premier League winner, of course, in this time with Arsenal, including the famous invincible season of 2003-2004. And he said the problems laid bare by Chelsea defeat were alarmingly simple. It's hard watching Arsenal at the moment, it's really hard. The former Macclesfield Town and Southend United boss told Talk Sport. It's just the effort and the quality. Uh, yes, we've spent a lot of money, the most in England at the moment, but it's the quality, the consistency, the experience. We're always looking for the potential. It's always good to have potential, but sometimes you want instant guaranteed success. Some of the players need to do the basics, you can lose, but the way we conceded some goals was too easy. The reaction times of some of the defenders not backing each other up and not assessing danger. Okay, now this really does appear to me um, sort of talking panic after two games. I watched that game and I thought in the second half, I did think that Arsenal looked really... Um, a much different team to when we saw them in the first half and um, Chelsea have been really good and they're looking particularly good how do you view these comments of Sol Campbell and Arteta's problems and Arsenal's problems what do you reckon? Well first of all Sol Campbell uh, I think he'll come into the category of being a great player an excellent footballer but as a manager I don't think he's got it it's, I'm, I know I've been with two low-level low clubs and uh, he's not been able to do, do anything spectacular there but probably because he didn't have the money. But nobody seems to want to give him the job. He's always going around trying to get jobs. 
and this is just another polite to try and get some work at Arsenal. But no, I, I don't think he's a, a manager who's going to do, do a good job in the long term. So I think he's just given himself a little bit of uh, publicity to make people realise he's still about kind of thing, if you understand. And uh, that, that's what I think. On the Arsenal situation, I, I, I feel that Arsenal have got a lot of problems at the moment because we've had this COVID quite a lot. A few of the players have been gone down with it. Nobody knows what's up for Lacazette at the moment. Aubameyang, I can't understand what's happening with Aubameyang. There seems to be some kind of undercurrent at Arsenal at the moment and I can't figure it out. And it's not come out in the press anyway as well. But on the, on the field, I agree with you what you just said. We made a better fist of it in the second half against Chelsea. And let's not forget, Chelsea are such a powerful side now. Not many teams are going to get much joy out of Chelsea, that's for sure. You know, so we're going to have to uh, give them a bit of credit there that they did come back. And had they taken the chances, uh, well, I think he had a couple of chances. He might have made a better game of it, but at the end of the day, Chelsea were far superior. And maybe he could have stepped up another gear if Arsenal had a score, you know, but we never know that, do we? No. Um, I, I have to say, I do agree with you with uh, Sol Campbell. Um, you see, the sad thing is probably underlying somewhere will be the race card. And uh, it's very difficult in this modern environment because you can't really seemingly criticise anybody if they've got certain things that the woke lot want to jump on or even sometimes the person themselves don't look at their own shortcomings and rather dwell on things that really are not fair to sort of bring into the equation because at the end of the day it's it's whether you can manage your team with it i mean you know both you and i have got admiration for the man as a player he is he was a, a terrific player and i think what i would be yeah, tending yeah. to do if if this was viable is i would maybe bring him in as a um, as somebody that could maybe help the defense you know they bring in specialist coaches for certain other parts of the game um, Arteta wasn't known as a mean defender, whereas Sol Campbell can be that man. So possibly, um, if they really tap into the energy that he's got, that he's got and can offer, maybe it would be good to bring him in and also help him um, develop his his management career. You know, because um, like everybody, if you meet the right people, and Arteta could well be somebody uh, that could help him. Um, I mean, looking at Arteta's two next games, West Brom are on a roll. They are really doing well in the championship. So that's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a cup game. So again, um, they've got the chance to show uh, Arsenal <laughs> the way home, so to speak. Um, and then, of course, they've got Man City the week after. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think that even that would be a fair trial for... Uh, Arteta I think that you know it, it's like a lot of um, things that happen early on if you look at um, Norwich you know Liverpool first week Man City the second week it's not really the uh, easiest of times I think he needs a little bit more time I don't know how much time they'll give him though that's the problem if he spend 130 million it's difficult uh, Eric because everything is this business of um, only coming first which is nonsense you, you, you've got to live with the fact that one team will win and all the other teams um, are, are playing for the lower places I, I really think that we're, lo we're losing our way with this money money world and um, you know uh, you can see straight away Arsenal Chelsea Tottenham um, even Brentford Crystal Palace I mean you know you've got some great teams in London and this year I, I think more than maybe some of the other years you're likely to have um, uh, a big battle going on between uh, Manchester City Manchester United Liverpool and the Southern clubs I think it's going to be quite an exciting season don't you yeah I agree entirely uh, and, uh, it's a bit too early to start judging anybody at this moment in time and I, I feel a little bit sorry for Arteta for the reason that he has had a lot of injuries and at the moment he, 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 I mean so Campbell had to go about the defence but at the moment he's not got his defence together you know where they 
the ones who's going to be playing each at the moment they're all over the place different players are coming in and going out but once they settle down and that's when you can organise the defence but if you keep making changes every week it's very difficult to organise plus the fact that they just bought a goalkeeper for 30 million and uh, it looks like he's going to be the understudy to Leno but then again they may have bought him just to put pressure on Leno I don't know it's a, a funny setup at Arsenal at the moment but I, I, I think they have had a bit of bad luck as well I mean obviously the first game of the season Brentford away in a way if you play these teams that's just come up early on in the season you find them very difficult to beat if you understand what I mean particularly if you're playing them away from home and Brentford proved to be the case Arsenal must have gone there with the wrong attitude and Brentford just rolled across them you know beating 2 nil comfortably uh, obviously we can nobody's going to get much change out with Chelsea overall so up to now we're okay but when we so things are not looking too good then we have the international break so that will give everybody a chance to get fit and come back and then there's three games and then another international break so up to them two international breaks I don't think it's going to be easy to judge anybody and don't forget early on last season Man City ran away with the league but after about six games Man City was halfway down the league do you know what I mean so that's why it's hard to judge it yeah, and of course our own team. Everybody needs a whipping ball, and at the moment, Arteta and Arsenal are whipping ballers, you know, because they expected so much of them, because they are one of the big clubs, or have been one of the big clubs in the league. And now we've got teams like West Ham, who are coming through nicely, and a couple of other clubs like Leeds. Now it's nice to see the other teams coming through, and teams like Arsenal and Spurs, they don't have to pull up. Puts up and do a bit. Do you not mean to stay in the top six? Yeah. Because these other teams are going to press them. We already have Leicester who uh, are a good side as well. I can't say that after last night, but just a bit unfortunate yeah we we will talk about those fixtures but I mean uh, looking at the way Arsenal were playing in that second half against Chelsea uh, I thought they were very exciting I thought the level of skill was amazing I mean looking at the surface they had a great um, surface that they were playing on I think sometimes we forget that uh, you know what we used to think was great and they were great players were playing on fields that were really awful at times um you know you couldn't have uh, uh, ferried the ball about the way that you can these days uh, i think that technology and the changes the way that the pitches are managed again is su- such a difference that um you, you know in this day and age you see a totally different thing uh, and i do feel that it's not really fair to even produce a league table after two games for me. You no. know, uh, maybe they no. shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't produce it till the third game. I think, I think you know, people are are saying things which prejudice other people. And of course, if you're one of the managers who haven't done well, I mean, look, look at say Norwich. Um, you hear it straight away. People are talking about them going down. Um, you know, give them a chance. They've only played two games. Okay, well, look, let's go next. Yeah, the two games, I was going to say the two games against Liverpool and Man City, and this week you've got Leicester. I mean, it's a bit, the Premier League is a tough league, but those, they're not going to win them. They'll stay up by winning those games. It's a, the games when it's teams near the bottom with them, you know, where they've got to win the games. Yeah. Important games when it comes to playing the teams at the bottom. Uh, yeah, very, very good point, Eric. Um, okay, so now uh, reading again from one of the websites, authorities have ordered a four-match stand closure and then arrested a man after ugly scenes caused Nice's League One game with Marseille to be abandoned. Um, this is uh, a popular stand of the Nice Alliance Riviera Stadium and it was because of a brawl between fans and players and this 28 year old guy has been taken into custody and Marseille Dimitri Payet was hit by a bottle and threw it back into the crowd causing fans to storm the pitch Um, Nice's players returned to the pitch after a delay but Marseille didn't now of course uh, it was the 89th minute of the game so Obviously, Marseille, I think, are doing a little bit of play-acting there. I've got to say, though, 
um, that looking at what went on, I think a obviously it's uh, deplorable that somebody throws a bottle out of a crowd at a player. So they've got to get get that one sorted out very very quickly. Um, the mayor of Nice, Christian Estrosi, has said the violence is unacceptable, and he's absolutely right. Um, but I think for the player to throw the bottle back into the crowd is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, that, that really is not a very professional way to conduct yourself. I mean, I, I know that obviously having a, a bottle thrown at you um, is not the best thing, but that was only ever going to inflame the situation, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we know that footballers are not blessed with a lot of brains, are they? And this guy's probably one of those few who's got no brains, but throwing it back was just asking for trouble. I can remember a few years ago, uh, it must be a few years ago, when Man City played Man United and David Beckham was taking a corner and people were throwing coins at him. And he, what he did, he just picked down and, and picked up the money what was thrown at him and like put it in his pocket. <laughs> well, that was brilliant, you know. But you know, things are like that where you've got a bit of a, sh a sharp blade to pick or something like that. But throwing the bottle back, it just shows a, what an empty head he must have been the guy who did it because it, it's kind of like when Cantona jumped into the crowd, wasn't it? you know, you just don't do things like that, you know. No. It's, uh, I don't want to at the moment, you're not sure. I've got to say, by the way, it wasn't a glass. It wasn't a glass bottle. I think sometimes it easy. It gets easy to inflame a situation by not explaining that because I know it's, yeah, you know, it's it's not on throwing a, any sort of bottle, but a, a water bottle uh, of plastic. I mean, it's not going to really seriously maim you. And um, coming from a distance, I don't think it's probably half as bad as the players made out I think they were just probably looking for an, an, an excuse at uh, 89 minutes and 1-0 down in actual fact further into the article they showed you um, pictures of uh, some of the um, injuries of the players and to be honest with you it was the sort of thing that you'd expect any rugby player to come off um, with the type of injuries that they've got you know just like scuffs and yeah. I think the more frightening part is the, is the pitch invasion. I think, you know, players, no matter how good or bad they're, they're playing, I think they should be protected. And obviously, uh, you really can't allow the crowd to come out. I thought that sort of stuff had finished, but obviously in certain places that's still quite possible. Um, do you think it could happen in the Premier League? Well, I certainly hope not, but uh, we did have some problems a few years ago when Man City played Bournemouth away, and the, the front part, I mean, as you know, Bournemouth is a small ground, and the away supporters are like stuck in one corner, and obviously I think City had just scored a goal, and most of all, like, you probably manage it yourself at football, where you all get pushed forward, and the, the, the front part of the way it was went onto the, onto the ground, and people ran onto the pitch from it, and... Uh, uh, the main thing is the safety, because somebody could have easily got hurt, you know, and uh, going on the pitch is bad news for footballers themselves, because you never know, there might just be some silly devil in there with a knife, anything can happen, that's why it's important to make sure, I mean, we don't want to see cages like they used to be, remember at one time when they put the cages up, yeah. and which was a big problem, what happened at Eisel, wasn't it, and the people couldn't get out of the back of the goal, because of these cages, what was in front of them. And we don't want to go back to that, that's for sure. And uh, it's just a matter of me. I mean, each ground, by the way, they have a safety man. You know, he looks after things like that. I know for a fact that me in Oldland City was there. We, somebody has to go around every week and you check all the safety things in the ground. And I would imagine every team does that. As a player, who's, not a player, a man whose job is to look after the safety of the ground and make sure everything's in ship-shape condition, you know. So... Uh, Hopefully it will never happen in the Premier League. Plus the fact that in the Premier League now we've got there's not many grounds where you're that close to you, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. It's probably maybe Burnley and, and definitely not West Ham, they've got a track around the outside. Yeah, so there's not many grounds now where they really on top of you like you should probably Everton's another one. I think Anf Anfield is Anfield is quite close to the to the pitch as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, the top end, yeah, and well. Actually, on the other side, it's mainly all seats, but I think a lot of these places now, even though these seats there, they all stand up, don't they? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think the problem again is we're looking at two things. One is the breakdown of law and order in a general sense. And I think, uh, for me, the more that you look at everything that's going on, the more when you don't see the lead coming from politicians and public figures, um, then you see more and more ex sort of really not very nice behavior in the public and of course when you then see things getting to court and the judges give this ridiculous um, suspended sentence or something that doesn't fit the crime um, you, you know you, you really do despair because you um, for me I, I get the feeling that football is being used as the scapegoat for other problems in society and uh, I think you know as you say sometimes the footballers themselves are their own worst enemies but having said that um you know some of the people knocking about today when i was teaching eric i can honestly tell you i am not surprised because unfortunately if you allow a system to um to develop where you know people can do what the hell they like when the hell they like it um don't be surprised if that's what's happening everywhere at the moment if you go back to, I don't know whether they can put the cap on it again, but if you go back to a school situation where the kids know who is in charge and don't want to offend because they know they'll get a punishment. But you see, the thing is, that is there's none of that at the moment. And, and unfortunately, um, you, you know, you've got kids who basically um, are growing up. And don't forget, I'm only talking in a general sense. There's always some really good kids about. There's always some wonderful people um, working in different ways to try and improve the situations. But um, unless you have a discipline, you don't get respect. And I think the two go hand in hand. And I think that if you don't get this back quickly, we're going to see more of, uh, of this um, silliness and unfortunately um, football has been targeted in the past and it looks like it could be again mind you this is in France maybe it won't happen in England let's hope not eh? No no I don't think so don't look. okay well we'll go um, to the pitch now because obviously um, we've had some great games and I think it does make a nice place to start where we saw West Ham uh, 4-1. I thought it would be 3-3. You thought it would be 1-0. Um, so you got the, the winning side right. But the margin, mm -hmm. of course, was accentuated by the sending off. Um, I think let's just talk in a general sense. And then I think we want to talk about Mikhail Antonio, who is uh, really proving to be... Uh, as he really did last year he looked good then he's looking really really good so first of all um, did you think it was a sending off? Yeah I don't think you can complain too much about it you know he's a, it's a I mean nobody likes to send anybody off even referees believe it or not because it does spoil the game and when you look at Leicester you know they've took a bit of a good hand in there now but at the end of the day it's going back to what you just said about discipline I mean, you know, you got to, when you're a football boy, there's some tackles you can make and some you can't make. And we know there's a professional foul that goes on, but there's other ones like saying foot up in the air and things like that where people kind of, uh, sometimes a bit unlucky to be sent off. But I thought it was a sending off last night, personally. Okay. So, uh, no, no complaints on that. Okay. And the Antonio, Mikel Antonio, great player. I had him in my fantasy team last year, I've got him in my fantasy team this year, totally took some nice points last night. We had two goals and an assist, so we're happy days. But he's a good player. But he's, he's one of them, he's come from a, a, a background of amateur football, or should we say low league football, out of the, out of the league, if you know what I mean. Non-league football, that's the word I'm looking for. And that's where he come from. And when he was at West Ham at the beginning, we are playing him at right back, playing him right wing. And now he seems to have settled into the centre forward spot. But if he gets injured, they're going to be in big trouble unless they buy somebody between now and the end of the month. Well, funny enough, um, what was in my mind over the last couple of days is if, if you look at Antonio, who has been a revelation, and also when he's interviewed, uh, comes across as a real character and obviously enjoys playing the game. You know, some people turn up and uh, they 
don't like to be in front of the cameras but that's part of the modern game and uh, he seems to revel in that um, and then when you look at Lukaku who we will uh, discuss uh, in a few minutes um, and even uh, the way Nuno is playing um, uh, Traore in Wolves um, he, oh, sorry he was playing wasn't he and then it's like he seems to be back in that position um, I, I think y you can clearly see that there's something about having a, a striker that um, strikes the fear of God into the other team's defence um, you know I think that's what we need at Liverpool I think even what you probably need at Manchester City although having said that uh, scoring five goals uh, you don't really need too much um, but it, it's a style of play I've always liked I like a, a Dixie Dean style old timer who can fit into the modern game and I think Antonio and Lukaku are two great examples of, of what I do like to see in a centre forward remembering of course that, that um, even that's a, a position that people are trying to muck about with. Uh, uh, am I right with that one? Yeah, well, they like dinosaurs and all the old-fashioned centre-forward because of the, the, the uh, ability. Nobody wants to bang the ball down the field for them to edit, you know, and uh, knock it on to somebody else like Niall Quinn used to do and Kevin Phillips at Sunderland. And, you know, we, and, and probably another one we don't get again now is Andy Carroll down at Newcastle. Yeah. As he's on the bench most weeks. But uh, he's, he's a kind of guy. It, with 10 minutes to go, I can't understand why Stevie Bruce don't put him on and get the lads to put the ball in the air to cause problems to the defence but for some reason people want to keep the ball on the deck which isn't a bad thing by the way but every once in a while to change direction with the way you play is a good thing to be able to change the game and uh, people like that are important and I think you'll find they are a dying, dying breed now I mean like you say at Liverpool yeah, I think you've got Trouchy and you had Andy Carroll, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I think you had Ben Tricky as well. We had Ben Tricky. old fashioned centre forward. Yeah. And now you've got Fermani, Fermano, who's at centre forward, and he's a small guy, and he don't really play centre forward, he's more of a deep line centre forward. And the other two use the space he creates by dropping away from the defenders, gives a Salah and a man a chance to put into the space he leaves. You know, it's all a different way of playing now, and football now and talking about the pitches as you mentioned before that's uh, at the end of it it's a fantastic pitch I also when you're watching it and I always think when Man City go there they must love it because it's such a massive big pitch and if you play football and you've got a pitch like that it's great because that's how Arsenal started off playing great football when Wenger was there you know he used the full width of the pitch yeah but the trouble with Wenger is he just got a little bit too uh, over the top and he won't change he was got too set in his way and that's why they had to make changes at Arsenal but overall football in general has improved and maybe this uh, I mean we, Man City used it quite a lot when Aguero was at centre forward uh, whereby our goalkeeper would look around everybody's expecting to play a short ball then he played the long ball over the top for Aguero to run onto and that is why goalkeepers today have to be a little bit more intelligent I know it's the main thing for a goalie to be able to stop shots but the intelligence of a goalkeeper when the ball's at his feet is a big thing now. And I think Alisson, and uh, they're both Brazilian by the way, and uh, all that, you know, we've got, we've got two good goalkeepers there, but both Brazilian, and you know Brazilians are really love the football. And you can understand why they've got that ability to see, to be able to play out in field rather than just be a goalkeeper. Yeah. And I, that's I what mean, happens nowadays, I reckon. For, for, for my money, I, I think that um, there's a plan B that doesn't get developed virtually anywhere at the moment because of the um, total football and the ticky-tacky stuff and all that. I still feel that it's not a bad idea to have plan B um, so that, you know, you go out to try and play your plan A and if you're not scoring your goals, you chuck on your big lad, your Andy Carroll, uh, Peter yeah. Crouch as was, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, get your big lads and, um, you know, start playing a different game because basically if you only play the same way, uh, don't be surprised if you only get the same results. But I still think that there's room in any game for a, uh, well, certainly an Antonio, he's proving that. Um, what did you think of his goal celebration? Uh, Antonio. Yeah. 
I mean, don't know. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe you didn't see it, uh, it, it before. I didn't actually see the celebration actually, but what I do remember about three seasons ago when he first got in the West Ham side and he scored a goal and he was doing a, a, a dance and all this that, and the other, and he was on the, on a program at Soccer AM one morning and uh, they, they were talking about his goal celebration and he just worked out it, believe it or not. But I used to think it to myself. I hope you work a bit more on your football than on your dancing <laughs> afterwards, like, you know. But uh, he, he's always been well known for being a, a bit of a dancer, but I can't remember what he did last night. Well, uh, what it was, he, he had a big cardboard cutout of himself, and um, they, oh, right. the presenters of the programme had filmed him getting this ready so that, you know, it wasn't sort of uh, as impromptu as maybe uh, people have been led to believe. But, of course, having all the bubbles down at West Ham and uh, having somebody with a bit of a character and the a foresight to see this because, um, you know, he was about ready to, to, to take over as the leading goal scorer ever for um, West Ham. Um, he's obviously put a bit of thought into that and... Uh, you know, I'm not the greatest fan of these celebrations. I'm a little bit, let's get, you know, shake hands and get on with the game, for goodness sake. Um, but I thought that was quite funny, actually. Anyway, uh, so yeah, for what... We're a bit old-fashioned like that, though, aren't we? <laughs> well, we <laughs> are. The kids like to see things like that. I mean, that, that's like selling the game a bit more, you know, the way that you present the football. <laughs> and it's part of this selling, you know, the yeah, but I mean, the goal and what happens and... I, I, I mean, when they all get together to rock the baby, oh, do me a favour, or stick the ball up your jersey, you know, to look, make you look as if you're pregnant. Um, now, <laughs> you know, use your brains, for goodness sake. At least the last night, of the, 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 he did use his brains. OK, now we go to um, the first game then at the weekend, and um, I thought it would be a difficult game. I put down a 2-1. You thought that uh, Liverpool would win that 3-0, I did know that it was going to be a difficult game because Burnley always are a difficult team. No matter what uh, you say about Sean Dyche, um, he does make life difficult. And um, I mean, he's got some big lads. And I thought that um, it was a work workmanlike performance. I still feel uh, Liverpool are not really out of first or second gear yet. Um, and I hope they've got the gears because, quite frankly, uh, they're going to need them when they play Chelsea. But. Um, Arn Trent Alexander-Arnold, they were waxing lyrical. Now, I must watch a different game. I always thought the back four, um, yes, by all means these days you've got your attacking wingers, but I thought half the job is to get back and defend. And the number of times, again, they uh, he, he just didn't get near the person that he should have been marking. I like, I mean, as a guy, we're not talking about him as a person, because obviously... I'm only looking at his football. Um, great going forward, and sometimes uh, he's, 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 he's improving, but sometimes leaves a lot to be desired at the back. Um, what, what did you think of the game, and anybody take your eye? Well, first of all, I thought, I thought he kind of held, he held back a bit, Liverpool, and were happy to pull through the game and win 2-0. Uh, that's the way it looked to me. But... Uh, with regards to Alexander Arnold at the fullback, he's he's just the opposite to Bizaka at Manchester United. Because everybody said Bizaka is a brilliant defender, but he can't attack. You don't put decent balls in for crossing. Well, Liverpool lad, he's just the opposite. Where he's a brilliant attacker, but he's not a very good defender. But that's the way it goes, isn't it? You can't have everything at all. Yeah. I mean, the other lad on the other side when he plays Robertson is a good defender as well as a good attacker. So. Uh, He's got somebody to look up to and learn from, I reckon, there at the forum. I'm sure caught on to him about it most of the time. The only thing I was disappointed was afterwards when Klopp was moaning about them being too physical. You know, we all know what Burnley like. There's never been any difference in Sean Dyke's in there. You know, they play a certain game. They play 4-4-2, two lads up the front, and they play a long ball to him, and then two lads put themselves about. So, I don't know why he was complaining. Well, I've got, got to say... The following day, no. I've so got to say... Uh, Eric, I've got Sorry, to tell I've, I've got to say, I watched one, one uh, interlude where you had Jota holding up the ball and the big back four lad, P. 
picked him up and did a judo throw on him. Now, Sergio Ramos got away with this in the Champions League final against Salah the other year. And I've got to say that, you know, uh, by all means, if we're going to say it's now acceptable, then Klopp should say nothing. But it's not, it's not in the rules. You are not allowed to physically get hold of somebody, pick them up and throw them to the ground. And, and I think in that respect, I do think uh, Klopp's got a point. Uh, you also might need to think about it because you've got little diddy men. Jota's only a small guy, uh, but he was holding the ball quite legitimate. Um, you know, shielding the ball from the defender. And for his sins, it was an outrageous yellow card. Um, and he didn't even get a card. I mean, it was just absolutely nonsensical. The referees want to get a grip on what the rule is, apply the rule, and stop messing about with hairline uh, decisions on VAR. That's my opinion. Yeah, but I, I, I know where you're coming from on the free kick. I mean, the referee really should have sorted that out. But having said that, as a manager, you don't start moaning about the other team. I mean, we, every team gets a player... Well, in our in our case at Man City, we watch when David, uh, De Bruyne gets the ball. In the first minutes, if somebody always over there gives him a good kicking right away, and that, that happens in every game in most teams. You got you, you you direct your problems onto one of the opposition, and you get them as early as you can. Because they always say, well, they won't send off in the first minute. Do you know what I mean? You might yeah. get yellow card, but they won't send off in the first minute. But you should do if it's a bad foul. But all teams are doing that. Or, but it really is up to the referees to stamp it out. Yeah. But in my opinion, I think the referees have been excellent so far this year. And one of the reasons there's been so many good games, because referees haven't been falling for this, you know, when they fall on the floor in penalty area, and look up to the referee looking for a penalty, yeah. and just go wave on. I mean, sometimes it could be a penalty, but I think the idea is to stop them doing it. And they realise that once you stop getting away with it, you know, like what has happened in the past, Nowadays, it's great that the referees way play on. Let's get on with the game, and that's one that we the games have been good. Even the nil-nil game at weekend with Crystal Palace and uh, Brentford, that was a cracking game for a nil-niler because referees ref did a good job on it. And this is this is good part for football. But we don't need referee uh, managers coming out moaning about it, like Salford moaning said. Well, what they're doing now last year, they're playing basketball. This year, they're playing rugby. Referee rules, you know. I, I disagree with it, both managers and I think it's part of the game that you can't expect everybody to go to Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea and play open football and not get stuck in because that they work all over you. So the best way you can play against these teams is give 100% and make sure you don't duck out of any tackles. And uh, that's the only way, otherwise it's going to be a, a, a bit of a soft league if you don't let people get in, get stuck in. Okay. Like, picking somebody up and throwing them on the floor is not like a, a good thing. But overall, I like to see some good tackles, and that's what's good. Okay, yeah, I'm going to... I'm, good tackling football. I'm going to offer another point of view, because basically, I don't disagree with much of what you say there. Uh, this was just this one particular tackle. I think also, this is where the manager's role is clearly... Uh, the the way to go because if you've got all the players saying it uh, and moaning and whinging everybody immediately then uh, blames the players whereas really the manager is watching the game and I think it's a valid comment um, if the managers don't say it then it gets unnoticed and it becomes part of the game and I think quite honestly it shouldn't be part of the game um, but there we are we disagree on that one and we'll go to um, Villa against Newcastle now uh, how do we think this one would go I thought it would be 2-2 two -two. Um, you thought it would be 2-1 it was actually 2-0 and I have to say the first goal the Danny Ings goal was absolutely brilliant I mean a long throw in uh, headed out and in he goes with his overhead uh, scissors kick absolutely stunning what a great goal for your first goal at your new club um, at the home game um Danny Ings is a bit classy. He's a good striker, and I think that he'll do well there. Well, I, I, I mean, it's a good old-fashioned Stoke City goal, really, wasn't it? Long throw in, knock on, far post bang. But it was the way he took it because the ball was behind him, so he had to do like an overhead kick to uh, get get the ball on target. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Danny Ings. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised that other clubs went for Danny Ings before Villa got him because. Uh, 
there's a lot of teams need centre forwards, including Man City, you know. And he, he could have got him for about 30 million, uh, which is a big difference to what other people are paying. The point is, you know, from what I can gather, he's got a bit of a long line of injuries over the years, you know. Yeah. When he's at Liverpool, he had about he had two years at Liverpool, and most of the time he was injured. And maybe that's what's put a few people off. But anyway, they'll have took the chance on it. It's a bit of a gamble, and I think it'll come off because at the moment, he's not got his strike partner with him. You know, Watkins from Brentford, he's a lad who's a, a good striker, had a good year last year in Premier League. And when them two get together, might be a formidable partnership, I think. And he's not played with him yet, so time will tell on that one. But I hope he does well because it's nice to see somebody like Danny Ings, who's had a long line of injuries, come back and be a star again. You know, I yeah. love it. No, totally with you, and uh, apparently he's a very likeable man in the dressing room, so uh, they used to always say at Liverpool. We'll go next to Leeds-Everton. You got this one right as a 2-2 draw. I thought Everton would have shaded it. Um, I think uh, Leeds showed a bit of resilience to come back and draw this game, and if you were sort of giving a points victory, I would say that the point would go to uh, Leeds for coming back. But... Um, Everton not looking a bad side again. Well, he was a bit unlucky because it was it looked like he was going to win the game two one, and uh, I thought, well, here we go again. And Everton looking going to start the season off with winning like he did last year. But anyway, Rafino, this lad that uh, leads is a good player, and he scored a stunning goal. And uh, I thought it was a fair result at the end of the day for me. And uh, I think both teams in, in the long term will do well. It's funny every time I keep seeing Benitez on the teller, going off this bar and we watch it in the interview. I keep thinking he's still at Newcastle, no, it sounds that. Like you just can't visualise him being a manager. Yeah. You know, it's just one of maybe, maybe just a guy by there. I don't know. But anyway, it, it looks as though he's getting a Morgan Because the players he's brought are not really good, what I call great buys or stunning buys because of the fact that the players that are kind of journeymen, you know, like. Andre, Andres Townsend from yeah. Crystal Palace. You know, the ones he's got. Well, well, that, they, they mean great looks as though he could be a good player. Uh, he never really shown it at the best when he was there. Then he went to Germany and he's come back now to Everton. Good to see that Denning Gray gets the ball over and that's a, a big help for Lewin at centre forward, Tommy yeah. Lewin. Because uh, that's all you need to get the winger. And you, you've got to get the balls in early because these lads get picked up. You move into the space quickly to set forward. And and if you don't get across him right away, then somebody goes and picks him up straight away, so it's more difficult. So if you've got a winger who gets the ball in early doors, it makes all the difference to us. Particularly when we talked about centre-forward before, he's a good old-fashioned centre-forward, that Calvin Lewis. Yeah. So he, he's one of the dying breed. Well, I remember um, when uh, Dixie Dean uh, died, there was a memorial game for him. And uh, I played for Bill Shankly's eleven, uh, so I can actually say I've played for Bill Shankly. And um, you had uh, Jill Mercer was in charge of a team from West Hooflin in Germany, and uh, you know it was at the Liverpool Dockers Club. So we're talking great traditions with uh, centre forwards at Everton, and. Uh, we'll go next to Man City, and I had a feeling that because ever uh, Liverpool had won three nil, um, you would we, you would go three, four, or five, and I went for five, and uh, you proved me right. Well, no, sorry, I went for four. You thought it would only be two, but I mean it was Man City looking good again, but predictable. I thought that would be the one place where I'd expect you to be at that game. Um, any thoughts on your team's performance? Well, it was an adequate performance. I mean, Gabriel uh, Azuz had a cracking game. But once again, you know, you, you never know what he's going to play. In. And he played on right wing. And I thought he'd be centre forward. But he played him on the right wing. And it's a different different mindset altogether. They play Torres, young Torres at centre forward. And uh, Sterling was left out of the team. And it was, uh, it's very hard to read what he's going to do. and. I was listening to somebody on the radio the other day saying, when you play Man City, you don't know. You don't matter, you look at the team sheet, but you don't know how they're going to play. And I think that's the way he does it, Guardiola. He's just a, a genius with regards to getting players in different positions. And he, he expects all his players to play in different positions. And uh, on Saturday, when Aziz got the ball on the right wing, also we had the 
Walker back at the full back uh, we went back to Laporte at centre half we had a lot stronger team up than we had when we played Tottenham and uh, as I said the early doors games at the moment there's so many people missing and, and De Bruyne didn't play you know it could have been a lot more but 5-0 I'm happy with 5-0 we can't yeah. complain I would have thought so I can't, I can't say I feel sorry for Norwich because at the end of the day there's some poor defending and if we don't defend well I mean, it's better than, the one thing about them, they didn't come there with about a 10-man defence. They come to play a game of football, and for me, I credit them with that, but I know when you do take on teams like City, Liverpool, maybe Chelsea, now they've got this centre-forward themselves, you know, you're going to get a good idea if you don't defend well. Yeah. So, it was a good all-round performance from City, that's all I can say. OK, we go good. next to Brighton-Watford. I thought it would be 2-2. You thought it would be 3-3. It turned out that Brighton beat Watford 2-0. Uh, Brighton looked good this year. I think they're, they're playing some lovely football. Watford, you know, uh, they're not a difficult... They're, sorry, they're not an easy team. So, a uh, good win for Brighton, I think. You know, I was disappointed in Watford. After the first, after been playing well the week before and getting a good result home against Aston Villa 3-2, I thought it... I thought they'd make a game of it and make a fist of it but uh, as I've said all last season and even beginning of this season Brighton have played great football all, all the time all they've been short of is somebody to score the goals and now don't forget the joint top of the league that was less than another five other teams I think but uh, Brighton the manager I'm really amazed that nobody went after them you know particularly Tottenham you know because I thought they would have gone for a playing Potter there their manager because he plays good football and it's just a matter of time now because sooner or later they will strike gold and somebody will start scoring goals for them. Not to now, they've scored four goals in two games. Uh, my pal pal is there at centre forward and he scored a goal in each game. He might be the lad they've been missing, but they always play good football. And the game itself, I thought they won't come for suddenly in the end. I, I didn't think, very disappointing what they did put up a better fight. OK, uh, let's go to Southampton next, where we thought the visitors would be at least three goals to the good. Manchester United turned up after a convincing win against Leeds, and uh, we did half expect them to play well. From what I saw, I, um, I mean, realistically, the uh, Bruno Fernandes controversy over the tackle, well, sorry... Um, I didn't really see an awful lot wrong with the guy just stepping and taking the ball off him. And uh, I thought Southampton were well worthy of the draw, and I think they they will have been overjoyed by that result. What did you think? <laughs> well, first of all, I've got to laugh because I remember saying that Man United would defer at half time against Southampton. Yeah. What a I was thinking that because uh, I saw Southampton against Everton early, early in the season. and uh, I thought they looked really rubbish, they got rid of all the best players, I thought they were going to get a right good item from United and to be fair United turned up as they usually do, but you, you don't know what you're going to get with United now, it looks like you're going to go the same way, you know, a great performance against Leeds and then you just, I mean, it was, the good thing was that they got a goal in front Southampton and it gives you so much fun you're out on if you can get that early goal and that's what happened and United took control of the game and really should have it out of sight but they didn't and then at the end of the game Southampton had a chance of one on one with a goalkeeper which De Gea made a great save from Armstrong their new signing and uh, they could have easily lost it United 2 1 but I, I, I thought it was a, a, good, a good game actually to watch and yeah. one on I thought it was a fair result and they do that really better side but they deserved everything he got because the way they, they came back because it looked like United was going to walk all over and after they made it one all but played well Southampton and they absolutely surprised me that took, that took me out of them. Okay. I Good. Well, I was exactly the same, but uh, th th there we go. And uh, Nuno took his uh, new Tottenham side uh, to his old club, Wolves. Uh, we thought 1-1 uh, for you, 1-2 for me, so I got the result right. Um, Spurs, they, uh, yeah, they're looking uh, quite a strong team again. And obviously a difficult game for them, um, but... Uh, yes, what did you think Spurs convincing or not as convincing? Well, you, you, we've got to understand, and you, when you look back, their manager last year at Wolves did a great job, you know, over two years while he was there, 
well three years actually and uh, I tend to forget how good a manager he was you know because of all the trouble they're having Tottenham with the Harry Kane and people Dembele asking to leave now and I thought it, it seems a trouble club but all the way through it he's kept his head on and he's been very cool and very calm the he's spoke to the press and everybody and I think it is showing by the way the players are playing for him on the pitch they all give him 1% against Man City and that he did the same again at weekend and it, it, it's quite surprising that it's, uh, I, I just forgot how good a manager he is and let's face it he's doing a good job at the moment at Tottenham and I just had the feeling that he might be under, under the cost but he's not and it's a good win plus he probably knows everything about Wolves anyway probably knows the tea lady and everybody down there you know so I should imagine that uh, it was a nice little win for him and he got a good reception off the crowd, by the way. Yeah, he did, that didn't nice he? Um, we both saw Didn't Chelsea uh, winning at Arsenal. We both, um, f well, you you got West Ham, right? So let's go to the predictions now, because otherwise we might just uh, run out of time. We've got ten minutes left. Man City Arsenal. Okay, what do you think that one will end up as? Man City at home to Arsenal. Well, it's a good game, isn't it? I mean, although Arsenal have not won a game yet and they've not looked, I mean, they've looked a little bit bedraggled at the back, and it all depends who they've got to come back in so if they can make a game of it. And don't forget Arteta knows everything about City players as well. So it should be an interesting game, but recently when we played Arsenal, we, we seem to have got them on the mantelpiece now. We seem to beat them every time we play them. And I just hope the same thing happens again this weekend. Because slowly but surely City are now bringing the players back. I expect De Bruyne to play it that day. You know, Grealish has got his first goal, which is a bit fortunate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll have put a strong side out against Arsenal. And I think we'll win about 2-0. OK, well, I've put down 3-1, so we're on the same page with that. Aston Villa take on Brentford. Now, that's going to be a good game, actually. Um, I've gone for a 2-2 draw with this one. Uh, is just, you're right. I, I've just been doing the fixtures before we came on air and, and uh, for the fantasy work I have to do. And I, I looked at it, I thought, Aston Villa against Brentford, it's his old club, you know. Brentford, that's where they got him from. It, it, I, I thought, I wouldn't mind watching that game Saturday. I don't know what have on at my bar where I go and watch the football Saturday. Because it's an early kick-off this week. So I usually stay and watch the other game, the four o'clock game. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping it might be Aston Villa and Brentford. It probably won't because the late game is uh, you all won it against Chelsea. Yeah. That's half five, half six, and off the road. So uh, the middle game might be inches out, but it is Aston Villa Brentford. Uh, I, I don't think you were far wrong going through two all draw. I just got a feeling that uh, we got a, a taste of being away from home in the Premier League last week at Crystal Palace, and I think it'll be a tough game. But I, I, I'm going to go same as you, Vince, Desmond two two. OK, um, we go next to Brighton, the visitors at Everton, and this will be a very good test for Brighton. I think Brighton will come through it, and I'm going to go for 2-1. Yeah, I've just got a feeling this is going to be a bit similar to the Leeds game, and I think it'll be 2-2, Pesman again, because... Uh, Everton now, last year they were brilliant away from home and it seems they're really going to keep it up because they played well at Leeds and uh, even though I've heaped a lot of praise on Brighton I still think it's going to be a tough game for them and a draw will be a good result for all teams actually so I'm going for two more OK, uh, Newcastle take Southampton as the visitors Southampton on the road last year were very very good they'll be buoyed up by the draw against Manchester United so I'm going for uh, Southampton to win this one 2-0. Ah, I'm going to have to go against you there then because I think uh, Southampton might struggle this week mainly because they've got a very young side and you go to Newcastle and Newcastle have got like a more older experienced side and for that reason I'm going to go for Newcastle to win 2-0. Okay this makes for interesting reading uh, we go to Norwich now they are on the third of the really tough three opening games Leicester will be looking to bounce back so I can't really see Leicester not winning this one I'll go for 3-0 to Leicester wow well, that's a powerful statement that uh, this is the first chance Norwich have really going to have a chance a bit, bit of a go at a team I mean 
Liverpool is always going to be a tough nut to crack in Man City. Leicester can be a little bit vulnerable, so uh, I, I just got a funny feeling that it's going to be a draw this game. I'm going for a one-all draw. Okay. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, let's go to West Aim. Early leaders. I cannot see Crystal Palace getting anything out of this. And the way that West Ham played against Leicester gives me the feeling it could be as many as 4-0. Wow. You're giving some goals away you are. I mean, I hope you're right for some of them because it's good for fantasy. <laughs> anyway, uh, I fancy uh, this game to be a pretty a, a tough game, which I thought would happen last night against Leicester. And I think you might just win 1-0 West Ham. I don't think you're going to give a good idea to them. But I do think West Ham will win. And then... Crystal Palace got better than they did at Chelsea the other week and that's why I think he'll just hang up a little bit more at the back of the area and it'll be a, a tough win for the West Ham one nil. OK, Liverpool host Chelsea. This will be a wonderful game. Uh, Chelsea are looking really good. Liverpool, at the moment, we haven't had one of the big ones to fight, which will be this game. So I think it will end up as a 2-2 draw for this one. Yeah, really tough game. It's very hard to decide who's going to win what. It depends on who scores the first goal. Uh, Chelsea have got a lot stronger defence than they, they, they had in the past, right? And uh, now they've got a centre forward who can bring the ball in the back of the net. So it's a very tough call, this one, I must admit. Maybe it is a bit easy to go for a one-all draw, but somehow I've got a feeling Liverpool's going to win it, pinch it, with a Salah goal 1-0. Wow, OK, hope you're right. Uh, Burnley take on Leeds mm. now. Uh, Burnley, I think, are a bit of a surprise package every now and again, where you'd expect Leeds to have the flair. Now and again, Burnley play with flair. So I'm going to put Burnley down for a 2-1. Oh, well, I think going against one another, yeah, I fancy Leeds to give them a 2-1 uh, win. Yeah, I fancy Leeds to win there. I think you won at Burnley last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think today, if you won at Burnley, when I do the fixes, mm. I couldn't remember. I didn't, you may have won 2 1, but I might, might be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I'm going for a 2 0 win for Leeds. Um, Spurs take on Watford. Now, I really can't see Spurs coming unstuck with this one. And Watford will be obviously trying to put up a good show, but I still think Spurs will be 2 0. Uh, that's how I see this one. I was disappointed in what Fred said earlier on at Brighton. He didn't put a show on at all. I think he will go make a good effort at, at Tottenham. In fact, the last time they played at Tottenham, I've got a feeling they won 1 0 Watford. That's obviously two seasons ago when they were in the Premier League. So I'm going to go for a bit of a shock result here. I'm going to go for Watford to win 1 0. Wow. OK, and the last of the games sees Wolves host Manchester United. Now, Manchester United have shown that they can blow hot and cold. I think they will need to blow hot on this one because Wolves are not a pushover. I do think that Manchester United will win. I'm going to go for nil-two. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be far along there. I think it'll be something like that. 3-1 I'd go for United. OK, now we've just got about a minute and a half to finish off with. And so we'll look at the top of the championship. At the moment, uh, Flame are going well. Uh, they beat uh, Hull 2-0. West Brom won away at Blackburn. And uh, I can't remember who's... I think Stoke are third at the moment. Uh, they beat Forest 1-0. Uh, down at the other end, Blackpool are in trouble. And uh, so are Sheffield United. 1-2 again. Um, so uh, it's looking ominous uh, Sheffield I do hope that they're not going to go straight down into the third divi or the you know the, the uh, division number one the third tier yeah I don't know much about the manager there he's, he's somebody I've not really heard of at Sheffield United I thought they would have done with somebody a little bit better because don't forget Eddie Howe's still not got a job I can't understand nobody's got, got him as a manager He's a, a manager who plays good football. Anyway, he's, as a, the managers at the moment, at the bottom, Sheffield United could easily go through that, go down by another, down another ladder into another division if they're not careful. The only thing is that they have got the clouds back now, and uh, it might make a difference in the long term, you know, for Sheffield United when they 
try and get the crowd behind them at home games and, and get a few results. That's what they need at the moment. Okay, so Eric. As regards to top of the league, Fulham are excellent. Uh, West Brom look very, very accomplished, what I've seen of West Brom. And Salt City, nice to see they're making a bit of a fist of it. Yeah. Okay, Eric, well, we're up to the hour. It's been uh, a very interesting right. chat again, and I look forward to um, chatting again next week. Okay, thanks. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, I've got to try and find where this blooming mouse has gone now. Here we go. There <laughs> we go.